This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Let's Talk Arsenal series, the show in which I'm joined by a fantastic guest as always to talk about our beloved club and today is no different as I'm joined by Sky reporter James Green. How you doing mate, you good Joel? I'm good, I'm good, it's cold isn't it? Hmm. I got a notification today from Sky News, actually, which is rather ironic with you on, saying that 2023 has been the hottest year on records and that 2024 is going to be even hotter. And yet we're moaning that it's it's too cold. So <laughs> clearly we've got something to look forward to coming, is, is clearly, I say that. We're British. That's all we do. We talk about the weather and we moan about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's never in the middle. Indeed. Yeah. It's either if it's too cold, we need to wrap up. If it's too hot, find some shade. You know, we're never happy. That's, uh, that's the way it goes. How have you been, though? It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been good, mate. been good. Uh, it's quietened down a little bit. Christmas was hectic and busy and here, there and everywhere, covering Sky News in a, a ridiculous Christmas jumper that went a little bit viral. So that was a bit interesting. Uh, but uh, no, good, mate. All good. All good. Look and see what 2024 has in store. Yeah, if you haven't seen James's Christmas jumper that went better uh, viral for your sport report on Sky News Breakfast, uh, it's certainly worth checking. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it uh, while we're talking about something else to show later. Um, Cheers. But yeah, it's, it's right. In fact, I've, I've got it. I'll show it in a second. <laughs> um, but whilst we've been enjoying the festivities off the field, on the field, it's not been too great. Um, Arsenal, of course, dropping down in the table out of the FA Cup now as well at the first time of asking, what have you made of the festive- I say festivities? They're not festivities, the disappointment, I suppose, of, of December. I think what I've made of it, certainly since the weekend, is that everybody just needs to calm down we've 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 been enjoying such a like really amazing time to be an Arsenal fan it's been great again and the love of the club's back you know you go to the Emirates the atmosphere is fantastic now the last couple of years it's really improved the fan base coming together a lot more and it's almost like our first okay we had a little wobble at the end of last season we all know we ran out of path fine we're having a first wobble this season. It's like meltdown central, Arteta out, the board out, everyone out. And I can't, for the life of me, just get my head around it. It's taken me a, bit, a couple of days to just calm myself down from seeing the outcry and the uproar from the fan base to just go, right, settle down, everybody. We've got a bit of time now. The players have got time away. They're in Dubai now for the next week. A uh, bit of winter training. And look, the results, yeah, they haven't gone our way. There's no doubt in that. Uh, in the midst of that, the Fulham game, terrible performance, utterly dreadful. And if every performance in this period was like the Fulham game, then I wouldn't be thinking the same way as I do now. I'd be a little bit more, yeah, do you know what? You've got some points there because this is not good enough. We had like, what, 60 shots or something in the last two home games against West Ham and against top of the table Liverpool, a team that, let's be honest, notoriously in recent years, we've struggled immensely against 60 yeah. shots 
I, I, if we weren't having any shots and weren't creating any chances, again, shots. I'd be... Is that how many we had? <laughs> that seems mad. Something like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's just like, if, if we weren't creating any of those chances, uh, mm. you'd, you'd, we'd be probably having a very different conversation. But look, mm. we dominate. I still, I still believe we dominated the game against Liverpool. Uh, we really did. And it's just this one element of the game, unfortunately, it's a very crucial element right now, that we're struggling with. Uh, and yeah, it's frustrating. Of course it is. We we want to see our team win. We want to see our team score goals. But look, it's something that's been going on all season. I mean, I spoke to uh, Mikel at the start of the season and I think early on in August, so we've probably played a couple of games already from memory. And he, he mentioned about being clinical. We were struggling at the start of the season to really kill games off. And he'd mentioned that he needs to improve on that. And that was August. We're in January now. It's not improving. You know, it's been a constant problem all season. But it's, you know, there's outcry, I'm sure. You've seen <laughs> striker, striker, striker. And we'll get on to that, I'm sure. But everybody needs to contribute. And last season, goals came from everywhere, which is why maybe the striker situation was overshadowed slightly. This season, without those goals coming from, certainly the midfield trio, the Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka as much, it's highlighting that striker gap a little bit more. The striker, obviously, I think is is the crux of of where people's frustrations are uh, with Arsenal right now, and Arteta is 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 there as well because Kai Havertz again. We find ourselves talking about Kai Havertz, who has obviously played from the forwards in the game against Liverpool. He played in the field against Fulham. He was suspended for the West Ham game. Played in midfield against Liverpool at Anfield, of course. He played against Brighton and scored that that second goal. It was a really important goal, and I thought, well, he's going to kick on. You know, from that moment after a really good end to November and start to December, as though he hasn't necessarily done that. However, I think the game against Liverpool, people have completely misjudged his performance from that game. I thought he was, I thought the only thing that was lacking from him and everyone was a finish. But I actually thought he was one of our standout players on the day. I've written a piece actually that's gone out this afternoon about this. Uh, but what did you, what have you made of, of the, I'm going to call it what it is, I think, the scapegoating of, of Kai Havertz? Yeah, you're right. It, it is. And I, unfortunately, I feel like Arsenal fans consistently find that scapegoat. It doesn't matter what season we're in. There always seems to be one player some or a manager. <laughs> some. OK, yeah, some. Yes, sure. I shouldn't say <laughs> we'll be fair. You're right. You, you're right. Uh, and you're right. It is some Arsenal fans. There's a big, there's, there's a lot of them, though. Let's, let's not yeah, course, beat around yeah. the bush. There's a lot of them. Um, yeah, it's been unfortunate. I haven't liked it since day one. Um, I think we spoke previously and I'd said that everybody needs a bit of patience. It's not going to happen overnight. We He's bought Havertz in for a different reason and different purposes. He sees different areas of the pitch he can play. He feels that Kai Havertz can bring a different element to our game that maybe we had last season. So it adds to our options. He wasn't bought as a number nine striker. Um, Mikel Arteta's pretty much said that from day one he wasn't bought as a striker I think that's where maybe a bit of anger comes from but it's not his fault uh, it's not Kai Havertz's fault uh, I don't see him on the pitch not giving 100% uh, I think he's had a, a couple of games where I've watched and gone yeah he needs to get involved a little bit more he needs to do a bit more but like you said from the end of November uh, I, I think he's really stepped up and I actually agree with you completely on the Liverpool performance and I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated watching him because he he's doing so much right that just gets lost because we're so fixated on the end product. Now, don't get me wrong. His end product has to improve. You know, we're, he's missing a lot of chances. He's missing a lot of um, headers from close range. He had that header from the corner, didn't he? They just headed wide, which really should have got on target. But his shooting, his, his technique. It's just getting it all wrong. There's no, like, he's scuffing shots constantly. And that's something he has to work on. And, and absolutely, yeah, it is, it is confidence. It's, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's work that he's got to do behind the scenes as well. So, mm. look, this is not me. I'm certainly not one of those fans who's slating him. And I'm not one of those fans who's just giving him a, you know, saying he's God's gift. I'm in the middle. I think he offers a lot to us and we should be grateful and actually appreciate that side of his game. But he, yes, he still needs to improve and he needs to improve his finishing. Um, but look, that game against Liverpool, the, the, the outcry afterwards, yet really, if we could actually finish, we'd have been well out of sight. Well out of sight by half-time. Yeah. Nelson had that chance at the beginning. 
Um, we had that chance where Havertz got in behind and then played the ball back to Nelson and Odegaard hit the bar. He should score. Yeah. Um, as well, in fact, if I share my screen, uh, I can show some of the little uh, graphics on that that piece that I put up earlier on. So this is of the header as well from the corner um, that Havertz had that he, he definitely should have scored um, in that moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that little layback, as I mentioned there, Saka is the, the prime. Should have got Saka. Yeah. yeah, yeah, agree. It's just I don't think he sees him. That's the that's in that case. I just don't think he sees him in that moment. Um, but looking at kind of his his contribution to this game the top left hand graphic is his contribution to the fixture 11 combinations with with Erdegaard he was fed the ball by Erdegaard more what I don't like about this is that you can't see Saka in any of these combinations here and that goes both directions by the way these are you know combined combinations between the players and he didn't seem to link up with with Saka throughout the game and there was actually a moment in the second half um, where Saka gets in behind with a long ball from Saliba and the pass is, is on for Havertz to just tuck one away, as you can see on the screen there. And he kind of traps it. He doesn't get his head up. He doesn't see Havertz running. I don't think he controls it particularly great either to be able to play the pass. But Havertz was in these positions a number of times throughout the game. There was another one where Nelson slid in fantastically well to rod the ball away. The ball's played to Erdegaard. Yeah. He then has the opportunity to play Havertz in and he plays the ball behind Havertz. Havertz mm-hmm. then has to spin and then by that time I think Kwanzaa or, or Kanate at the back has, has managed to get back to, to stop the opportunity from, from developing into something that could have been a lot better. And people say he takes too many touches. Actually, I think it was the service in this game that let Havertz down from getting into much better chances to score. Um, so that that really was um, a frustration for me that he got such a battering from fans after the game when actually I felt that he was... If you wanted to batter anyone, it really wasn't Havertz. One player also I didn't think deserved criticism and didn't get criticism, but actually I think has been forgotten about is Aaron Ramsdale because he had this mm-hmm. game where he's not been playing for a long time. Fantastic ball to Reese Nelson, of course. Brilliant save against Luis Diaz towards the end of the game. I didn't think he had to do much throughout the game, but he's talked. Do you remember those comments that went around where he was like talking about how he struggled to focus for extended periods? And I think it was in a conversation with Ian Wright that he said that, and that get that got latched upon by a lot of his critics. But actually, he showed that despite not having to do loads in the game, when he was called upon in that moment from Diaz, yeah, he, he got down really low to keep Arsenal in it. Sadly, yeah, I can give you your own goal kind of ruins everything. But I think he deserved a lot of credit. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not a difficult, it's not an easy, sorry, position to be in coming in. And, and we know the pressure around the goalkeeping situation. And, you know, I know mm-hmm. fans have got their views on whether you know, Rye should have come in or not. Has it disrupted things? But, you know, ultimately, you know, goalkeepers, some goalkeepers play, they get disp- dispossessed at times. We've seen it when Ramsdale t- came in and Leno went out. And these these things happen. They're professional footballers. They just have to try and figure out a way of dealing with it. But coming into a side after not playing for a while, knowing that the pressure's on you, yeah, it's not easy, but that does show the kind of character that Aaron Ramsdale is. And, you know, we we as a fan base, I, I think, are fully behind him. I think there's a affection towards Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's he's grown on everybody. He proved all his doubters wrong. And I think the fan base really supported him and got behind him. And that's, that's where a lot of the frustrations lie with regards, you know, the Raya situation. Um, but look, let's let's just put the performance what it is. I thought he was excellent, you know, for a for reserve keeper, so to speak, to come in and perform like that against the Premier League leaders is is pretty impressive. He wasn't at fault for any, any of the goals. I did see a couple of nonsense stuff on social media about the give your own goal being Ramsdale's fault. You I mean, about Kiv- when you texted the other day. Is- yeah, I think <laughs> that, that might have been it. That might have been it. And I, I just couldn't because yeah. I've, had, I've had messages of people saying Arteta out and I can't believe that. And then, yeah, when I see things like that, it, it just, mm. I just have to take a deep breath. I know everybody watches football through different eyes and I get that. And I'm not saying that my eyes are perfect. I mean, in real life, they're not, they're terrible. Um, but <laughs> look, we, <Yeah. clears throat> we all see things differently, don't we? <clears throat> and, yeah. but I don't know how anybody can say that was Ramsdale's fault at all. We, you know, Kibio doesn't touch it. That ball's punched away and we're, we're, maybe having a different discussion about what the outcome might be. But the Ramsdale was excellent. <clears throat> but if anybody thinks he's going to be back in the Premier League side, he won't be. Uh, we know who the number one is, and that's just the situation. He, he won't let him go in January, even though I know he is, Aaron Ramsdale himself has been joking with a few of the players about, you know, they can rent his house while in from January because he might 
be off. He's not. He's not going tongue in cheek. He's obviously, you know, it's a place frustrated, like as he should be. Do you know what I mean? If he wasn't, I think we'd all have a bit more of an issue with that. You know, you want to see your players desperate to play, and we want to see him playing. But this is a situation he's got to find himself in. But look, you know, an injury to Raya could put him out for the season. You never know. And then Ramsdale's got an opportunity to come in, and that that's what's important. And I, I will still go back with the goalkeeper situation. Last season, when Matt Turner came in, we were a disaster. We were a disaster. Completely changed how we played our game. We couldn't play out from the back because he wasn't good enough. We've seen that in his time already at Forest, certainly this season. We haven't got that now. So if we do get an injury to Raya, we've got a keeper who comes in. that We play exactly the same football. Nothing changes. That's a positive. So we should maybe realise that and think about that, that we, we were one injury away, goalkeeper-wise, and everything changes again. And I, I, it is true, and this is why I'll take a look the depth, I guess, because in case there was an injury. But I can't help, and this is obviously a show where we talk about who has got it wrong at Arsenal at the moment, what are kind of the reasons behind what's going on. And I know this is more of a long-term thing throughout the course of the season. I just feel like this was an unnecessary situation that we have created for ourselves, if that makes sense. I mean, that's 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 why football's all about opinions, right? Um, sure. But well, what's your opinion? <laughs> my 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 opinion's a little bit different. I understand the situation with the goalkeepers. It is different because there's only mm. one player. Do you know what I mean? So if you've got like a forward, you can potentially slot two forwards exactly. into a team, etc. So I understand it. Same with fullbacks. You know, Tommy Asu brought in as a right back could probably play centre back. He's been playing left back. Uh, when he has and so I do get it and the goalkeeper situation is different but having said that and again I, I do maybe Mikel's persuaded me a little bit as well from when I had when I spoke to him and how he explained everything and you know we saw it start the season uh, Courtois uh, for Real Madrid ACL out for the season if that happened to Raya or Ramsdale and we haven't got a goalkeeper at the level to play out from the back because that goalkeeper is so pivotal to how he wants his team to play. And I think we, I, I just feel we forget that sometimes. They That goalkeeper role really just starts off everything for Arsenal. And so my opinion is that we've got two fantastic goalkeepers. One's on loan who we might have to pay, what, 25, 27 million for at the end of the season. We probably will do. Uh, fine. I, I've got no problem with that. Aaron Ramsdale's transfer value will hold. He signed a new contract not too long ago. So he's still got loads of value in him if the decisions made to move him on. Um, but to sign a goalkeeper of David Rea's uh, ability for, what, 27 million after having him on loan for a year, I think that's great business. We've got two high-quality goalkeepers. Um, and yet, look, yes, I can understand the where people say, OK, you're putting a bit more pressure on them. But there should be pressure on goalkeepers anyway. You know, if you, you, don't, you don't play well enough, what right have you got to stay in the team, whoever you are? So, you know, Ed Edison's had some decent keepers in the past, back him up, but he's continued to play at that top level. He's he's not been drawn in, into it, having any competition. Now that's down to David Wright. He's got the shirt at the moment. He's got to make sure he just keeps his level up. It's as simple as that. I haven't got a problem with it. goes, which I would be surprised if he did not go to summer. Um, oh, in the summer. In the summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the summer, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Would you expect us to bring in a goalkeeper of a similar level to Raya then as competition? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I They won't, you know, he won't see it as, you know, get rid of one, take the money, and then just kind of leave it and look at what we've got in-house. He'll look at, okay, who can we bring in? Probably certainly at a lower fee that yeah. is good enough playing with his feet. I think playing with the feet is just so important to... Arteta. So, yeah, look, if, if the situation carries on like this, yeah, I'd be surprised if Ramsdale sticks around in the summer. Um, you, you know, it's, it'd be a shame for us all because, look, I'm a big Aaron Ramsdale fan. I like what he's done. I love his character. Great kid. Um, but ultimately, you know, he's not going to stick around. But if he, if we can crawl back, I mean, what do we pay? 30 million maybe for him? Was it about 30? Yeah, 32, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we could easily get 40 plus for him in my opinion in today's market english yeah. british keeper um, no doubt about it so we're going to make profit off of him which is important for ffp and important for reinvesting into the squad so look i yeah i haven't i've got an issue this season i don't think in my opinion the reason why we're slipping up is not down to the goalkeeper situation 
Yeah, you know, people agree. will. Yeah, we talk about like you know the name of the show, who who who's to blame, and all this. That shouldn't be an issue, in my opinion. That it's, if we watch the game, look at what's happened throughout the season, and in particular the last couple of home games, it's blaringly obvious, glaringly obvious where we're slipping up, and that's in front of goal, not the other end of the pitch. Conversation onto that then, because obviously that is where we are slipping. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus' availability has been up and down this season. Mm-hmm. We've had a period where he's been available, and when he has, he's not necessarily delivered the same level of goal scoring <coughs> that he was last season. Eddie Nketiah has been given opportunities, and besides that hat trick against Sheffield United, and a, I think a goal against Fulham from the bench at home, there was one other goal I think as well this season in the Premier League as uh, two. But besides that, we're not necessarily seeing too much of him. Trossard played at centre-forward last season, but hasn't really done it this season. I think he played once there against Burnley and got a goal and assist, I think, in that game, actually, but hasn't mm. kicked on in that position. He's not been selected there again. And then, of course, we've got Havertz now playing there for the first time against Liverpool since that Community Shield win over Man City was the last time we saw him play at centre-forward in the league. So how do you... Where does it lie in regards to what's going wrong? Is it it's just as simple as... They're not finishing their chances. Is it a philosophy point of view? Is it a coaching thing? How do we solve it is the next point as well, obviously. Well, look, the players need confidence in front of God. I think the one thing about Mikel Arteta, sometimes he's a closed book, but actually he's been quite open about mm. the lack of confidence. That's the issue he sees at the moment. It's a lack of confidence. We've got to rectify that. Uh, and I, I just am not seeing the big panic. I, I see that are we playing as well as last season at this stage? No, uh, I don't think we've been as free flowing as we were last season with with the pace to our play. I, I think the pace has not been there as much this year. A lot of that is down to clubs working us out, uh, understanding how we like to play now, and, and that happens. That that happens to all clubs, and they're they're planning better. Uh, for taking on Arsenal, they're getting the men behind the ball, they're doubling up on Saka, doubling up the other side of Martinelli if possible as well. So look, we've got to, yeah, they've got to try and figure out different ways of playing, which I think they're trying to. Um, but but look, we've got some new players in the team. I still go back and I, was, I think I was having this conversation with a friend of mine this week and I, I think this is not the forward line, but further back, when, when Arteta signed Jurian Timber, that was such a... He saw him as so pivotal to how he wants his team to play with Declan Rice in the middle. He, You don't spend £45 million on a player and don't see a role and an important role in the team. And, and that was a big blow. And he had to really have a bit of a rethink. Maybe, in my opinion, he hasn't developed or changed the style as much this year because of the timber injury. I think he that was a big part of what he wanted to do to offer, again, different ways of playing to keep the opposition guessing, uh, you know, the Havertz thing, it's a really difficult one because I think, you know, again, you know, I, I said you spend 45 million on a player, you've got to roll for them. You spend 65 million, you definitely got to roll for them. Where does he fit in? I'm still not quite sure where his best place is because actually to me, as that false nine, I, I think he's pretty good at that in that area. But It's either false nine or second striker. We don't play with a second striker, so therefore it has to be the false nine. Yeah, because in that midfield role, at times, at times he drags players out of position. Sure. It's 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 really difficult trying to sell it, but I understand visually watching it. At times, he feels like he's yeah. not in the game as much, but his movement is is excellent. His movement off the ball is probably second to none in that Arsenal team, in my opinion. But we want to see more. We want to see him involved more. Because it's no, not like it a tangible thing. I spoke to Edu after the game against um, Luton. Um, me and Simon Collins and even Stander were in the mix zone after the game and Edu came past and obviously Havertz scored a really important equaliser in that game. Yeah. And We talked about Havertz and we were saying like, people just don't see his movement and Edu was like, that kind of like, thank you. Like, this is this is why we signed him. You know, it's it's so clear that what, he's, what you see in him, that, that it's there. It's just everything else. It's the things that, you know, the your average Joe needs to be able to, to tangibly attach to, and that is numbers, you know, that is through assists it, and goals. It is, and actually, but but that they're not wrong either. Do you know what I mean? So 
of course. We we do need to see more. And, you know, I just don't want to see Arsenal fans get on his back. And I don't want to see him become a scapegoat because he does. I know, probably too late. But he offers so much more than that, as we said. But he does need to, you know, he does need to finish better. He needs to score goals. When he went through that stage of scoring, what was it, three and four games or four and five or something like that. Yeah. uh, it was excellent. All of a sudden, everyone just quietened down. It was like, oh, okay. Oh, it, it makes sense now. Was it? Like, it was the, the team. It was the, like, we, we talk about, yeah, he had that run. And actually, for me, like, there were times where, like, the Brentford go, obviously, we <clears throat> had tore off about the mire in that game to get three points. Massive goal and performance against Luton, where he got the equaliser in that game. He scored, obviously, the open game against uh, Severe, I think it was, in, mm-hmm. in that game. Um, he scored obviously the winning goal against Brighton in that 2 0 win as well. Really important finish, and it was great to see a finish where he was kind of running onto the ball, slotting it past. I think it was Verbruggen in goal to make it 2 0 on the night. And then since that point, we had the Aston Villa game, where at the end of that Aston Villa game, he scores a goal that is ruled out for the stupidest handball rule that has ever been invented, which is if it just slightly grazes your, your fingernail it's then ruled out. I, d- I don't think that should be the handball rule. I think it's a ridiculous rule. And obviously it might seem biased because it's cost us in that game. But then that's another really important goal he scores at the end that he can use to build his confidence with, you know. But yeah, but Tom, in that Tom point, remember... That, that, Sorry, go on. Tom, remember that goal, though. Remember, the, the referee saw that handball. Let's not forget, yeah. he saw it. How Brilliant eyes. That? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, sorry, <laughs> move on. Move on before I get myself in trouble. That run of games (laughs) after the Aston Villa, where we've then drawn at Anfield, we then beat, um, I think, what was it? After after Anfield, we then lost against West Ham, lost against Fulham, and then we lose in the FA Cup. It's Havertz's form has dipped, but everyone has dropped after that Aston Villa game. Everyone's form has, has dipped after that game. And he is now again being battered because he's not the guy to stand above the others that are underperforming. And sadly, this is where I have a bit of a crux with Havertz because Havertz was signed as, in my opinion, it was a risky deal to do in the summer. They, were, they took a risk with Havertz. For all of his talent and his brilliant movement, it was always a risk because Arsenal were a team on the up. And what we did is we signed a player that needed to be nurtured and revived in terms of their career. And that's where I think with the Havertz deal, we may have, may have chanced our luck of maybe a bit too far. Yeah, look, I think that's a a fair point. And, you know, I'm not somebody who slams anybody's opinion. I think you spend £65 million on a player, of course, you're going to be, uh, that's going to be a focal point. Everyone's going to think about that. You need to see more, you know, it doesn't take long for us to go back to signing Nicolas Pepe for £72 million and seeing very little back from that. So, look, there is going to, you are going to be scrutinised more. I still think there's, he's a quality player. Again, if he just if, if he just improves his finishing, we're not having this conversation. And that and that that's oh, what that's frustrates it. me probably more than anything. If he just improved his finishing, I, I just think it would be a completely different feeling around the player. And he might not he might still play exactly the same way. But all of a sudden everybody starts noticing that because he's scoring goals and they're praising him on his all round performance. Uh, but you made a good point about it's not just him. And it's so true. We've had no left side this season. None. Zinchenko struggled. Martinelli's just completely off it at the moment, uh, which is takes out a whole side of the pitch that was we were so fruitful from that side of the pitch last season at times. So we're playing on the right side. But then what's happening is Saka had a good start to the season. He's now been marked out the games most of the time. He's I don't think he's probably I doubt he's having as many touches as he certainly was last season. Um, doubling up every time. Yeah. If those if those intricate triangle plays with Erdegaard, Ben White coming in, Declan Rice sometimes coming in, if they don't work, that's when we're scratching our head, and that's where we do need a plan B. Because again, that left hand side is not working. No, nothing's happening from there. We're not getting any any uh, joy from that side. So look, yeah, there's. It's not just Havertz. It's it's you know your Martinelli, Erdegaard for me again. I don't want to criticise his play because actually I personally think he's probably in this period, I personally think he's been one of our better players. Uh, I think he's getting he on the ball more. December. Say that again, he got player of the month, he did he? One player of the month for December. So, yeah. you know. That doesn't doesn't surprise me. I, I think he's been excellent. But again, he still needs to 
get those finishing boots back and put those yeah. chances away when he gets them. And again, look, Saka, we can still criticise Saka. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I, I want people to understand you can. You don't have to be offensive or abusive, but you, but you can criticise Bukayo Saka if he's not performing, yeah. which at the moment he, he's not. He's not bringing those goals. He's he's lost his shooting boots recently. That final touch in that final box for him is struggling as well. So yeah. we've got a pit position at the moment where just everybody in front of goal seems to have just lost their confidence and lost their composure. Um, hopefully they go away and fix it. As soon as they do, I, I think we, we'll be all right. I, I just don't understand. We've just played Liverpool off the park. You nailed it with the Fulham uh, comment when you said, if every game that we played was like Fulham, mm. then I'd be like, well, we're screwed, you know, because th- it, that performance was really, really poor. And awful, awful. That wasn't how we played yeah. against Villa. That wasn't how we played at Anfield. That wasn't how we played against <laughs> West Ham. That wasn't how we played against Liverpool on Sunday. You know, <laughs> that performance, I think, was just a the the peak of the, or the, the trough, I suppose, of the, of the form at the moment. Um, being as bad as it was, but we've created so many chances in these games. And and that's where I think when the fingers start getting pointed towards Arteta, I I can't get really how they're getting pointed at Arteta because yeah, I mean, people don't like me talking about stats because well, because it proves their points wrong usually. That's why they don't like me talking about stats. But <laughs> you know, when it comes to the XG over the last three games, it's six point five and we've scored one goal. Whereas the opposition have got like six goals from two point something XG. And you know, as you said, I think it was forty eight shots against Liverpool and West Ham in the end yeah. that, that we had. Um I've rounded up the box against West Ham like the numbers are ridiculous and that's coming from Arteta's philosophy and his coaching and his directions but he can't be there in the box to finish off the chances himself so is that the biggest kind of bat to the ball that's coming in from the Arteta out crew saying that he's hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Not doing a good enough job. It should be. Oh, just, oh, it just pains me. <laughs> it just pains me. Sometimes I have to turn my phone off. I have to go and sit in a dark room and... And just have a few deep breaths for myself. But it's it's not just Arsenal. It's 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 this 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 aura of football fans in general. It's like West Ham. West Ham are having the best time, best time of it. A European trophy. David Moyes took over that club. They were in the they were literally fighting off relegation. He's then taken them on two massive cup runs. He's doing wonders at that club. And there's still an element of that fan base going, oh, I want him out, I want him out. Mikel Arteta's taken, again, a really average side with a squad of players that, quite frankly, at times, there were some of them weren't fit enough to wear the shirt. They didn't care as much. There was no philosophy. There, there was just no energy around the place. The fan base was split. It was awful. And he's united the club, took them on a run. Okay, we missed out on the Premier League title last season. We were never, ever, no one ever would have predicted we'd have been that close to winning the Premier League title last season. Not one person. So nobody can say they did because they didn't. We we punched well above our weight last year. We've then invested. We've bought in Declan Rice, probably the second best central defensive midfielder in in maybe Europe, maybe the world, in my opinion. Maybe that's stretched too far. I don't know. But above him, yeah. That that would be my opinion as well. We managed to prize him and get him to Arsenal, which in recent years we would never have been linked with him in a million, million years. And he came because of Arteta. So we've managed to, and he, he's managed to flush out loads of players. He's managed to bring in new players. He's managed to give the confidence to some of the younger players in the squad as well. He's, he's managed Saliba perfectly. We've now got this world-class Rolls-Royce centre-back. He's done wonders. And, and just like we go on a bad run, but we, in games that we really should have won, 
and and everyone people say get him out i, I just oh tom i can't honestly that's why i messaged you this i just can't i can't well, see I, I think that what you said about last season is the reason why that because the expectation on this season following what was an overachievement yes. last season you know it is why people are having you know are saying what they are because if you if you imprinted this season on if say last season didn't exist right mm. say this season was last season right so we finished fifth and then you're going into this season with the expectation of obviously where arsenal still trying to move forwards if we were obviously just a few points off of the the, the top of the table you know we We've drawn at Anfield. We've already beaten Manchester City this season. The, the the mood would be so different. But the reality is, last season we did punch above our weight, as you said. And that raises expectations. I also think one of the biggest reasons why the atmosphere in the stadium is different this season. Because last season we rode the wave of surprise and the thrill of being in a title race. Whereas this season, if we're not 1-0 up in five minutes... The Emirates goes quiet because they're like, come on, guys, like you should have scored by now. It's Arsenal. We compete for titles. And we're like, actually, yeah, we hope to compete for titles. But we did that once in the last one and a half decades, you know. So <laughs> I think that that's sad. It's, it's fickleness on our behalf as Arsenal fans. It really is. Um, but it is the reality that Arteta's got to deal with. I will ask you something about Arteta's press conference against the, the before the Liverpool game. It was a comment I didn't attached with too well. He was asked about the 88 goals that we scored last season, which is the most we've ever scored in a Premier League season, better than the Invincibles, better than double winning sides, better than the times we've had Anelka, Henri, Van Persie. More goals when we've had these players with the squad that he had last season. And he said that that was a one-off. And he said that, you know, it was kind of like a one-off season in terms of goal scoring for us. I... I didn't like that as an answer because for me, I'd be like saying if it was me in his place, I'd be going, that's got to be our target. You know, that's got to be the inspiration for us going forward to look at that. Yes, it was an incredible season where we arguably punched above our weight, but we can't see it as a one-off. We've got to see it. That is the inspiration that we need to try and go again. Yeah, but he's, it, it, what he's doing is managing expectations. Oh, I know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We we know, mate. We're, we're there. Should we're there. Oh, uh, look, we want to dream, don't we? But he, yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, you know, he's more aware than most what, what Arsenal mm. fans are like. And they get so far ahead. And if it doesn't happen, he, he knows they're all going to go, Arteta yeah. out, Arteta But look, he's, he's just managing expectations. Internally, he's not saying that. In, there's no way internally he's saying, that's all right, lads. You, you know, great effort last year. We don't need to worry. We're not going to go anywhere near that this is. There's no way. And ultimately, look at, again, what did I say? 60, 48 shots or whatever. West Ham, Liverpool at home. No goals. Uh, if if we're scoring goals, as we should be, because we're creating chances, that's not the problem. And if we're stuck putting the ball in the back of the net, 88 goals could have been ex exceeded this season. Yeah, it really, it really could be. So, so look, I can understand why you might might just roll your eyes a little bit of that. But, look, he's trying to manage it. I wasn't rolling my eyes at all. It was, it was, the only yeah, thing I was rolling my eyes Come on. because it was such an obvious answer. <laughs> like, of course. A, it's, it's not obvious because it's annoying. It's obvious because it's true. You're right. He is managing yeah. expectations. That is exactly what he's doing. And you're right. He is saying internally something very different to what he says to us mugs outside in the press conference. So, <laughs> of you know, course he is. Of course he is. They don't take us seriously, mate. Goodness <laughs> me. It's like, you know, it's, it, use us for messages i mean ultimately that is actually the thing you know most of the time they are using the media to portray get their messages across mm. what do they want to say so they have an internal discussion right this is what going to be talked about let's try and work on this message let's push, put and push this message across and that's going to be our narrative this week and look that that's what they do of course he's got to do that with the goal scoring because the goal scoring has not been good enough this year that's the area where we're struggling. It's it's not defensively. People can point at individual moments in games. Okay, set pieces. Yeah, we need to improve in defending set pieces. That's pretty damn obvious at the moment. But we're not losing games because we're conceding the old goal in set pieces. We're losing games because we're not scoring enough. And uh, and it's as, it, it really is as basic as that. But look, I, I just the message everybody just needs to calm the fuck down, basically. <laughs> they do like they do. I just, want to I just want to scream it, Tom. Just calm down, settle down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand you, and, and actually, Arsenal fans should use this break more than the players. Actually, use this two weeks off to calm yourself down, rethink, reset, 
remember what it was like pre-Arteta, look at the work he's done, look at where the situation the game is at. Again, I mentioned the Fulham game. If it, it, there's no, it's, it's only been really one Fulham game that's been that bad this season, from my memory. You might be able to tell me another, I don't know, but that was the worst of the worst this season. Um, and I mean, I mean, just, in terms of like not creating anything, it, I'm trying to think. Yeah, well, game. Not creating, but it wasn't just that, was it? It was, the, it was the body language on the pitch. Everything was off. Like everything was off. It was a a real horrible watch. Like they just there was no there was no flow to the game at all from our side. I thought I, I thought we were so 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 bad. Uh, I don't know whether it was the conditions or what. It wasn't a particularly nice day, was it? But yeah. the League Cup that was pretty bad. I'm trying. Um, that was oh, West Ham. Yeah, um, I, I still thought. Yeah, but we were bet. We were bet. We still had chances in that game. I, 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 I thought West Ham were good, but I, I don't think that was as bad as Fulham. And, no, and look, I mean, yeah, obviously we, you know. we lost. We were three 0 down, weren't we, in, at West Ham and like in the League Cup? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah, I'm no. not. I'm not. But you're right. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think there is a bad game, but like like uh, the Fulham game. No, yeah. and, and and also what everyone I forget, we're in the Champions League knockout stages. We're in the last sixteen. We've had mm. a brilliant group stage. Right. If, if we're playing Porto tomorrow, mate, I'm not confident. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Do, we need do you know to what? You're not rescue the form going into February. Do, you know, if, yeah, but you, you're Palace not at home, and you've got Forest away. Two games, which notoriously mm. for Arsenal, Palace have always got something. I know we've had a recently better record against them, but even at the Emirates, they've done okay. Forest away. That's that horrible. We just never, ever, ever managed to do it. <laughs> like so, and then you got yeah. Liverpool first game of February. Yeah, it's at home though. What? But, but yeah, and they might not have Trent from the sounds of things. But he, he was so, he was excellent. He was excellent on the weekend. I've got to say, he, it, that was one of the best I've ever seen him. I think. Um, look, yeah, you're right, but I, I would feel confident with the Champions League because we've. We've played different in the Champions League this year. We've played more open. We create. I feel like we've been certainly much better in front of goal uh, in the Champions League game. Some of the best, I mean, that was it PSV first half at the Emirates, just outstanding. Flying. Yeah. Uh, probably the best, yeah, probably the best we've played all season. It was just unbelievable. And mm. you know, they'll get their confidence. Great. I know we didn't finish our chances Brighton, in that great. game either, but Brighton was yeah, brilliant but, at home 2 0. Um, played them off the park by about four or five, yeah. So, but 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 this is the story again, the story of our season. There's been games mm. where we've won 2 1 and we should have won should 4 5 1, you know. And yeah. this is this is this lack, this is this clinical problem that Arsenal have had all season. So, it's not just this period, we've maybe got away with it in games, um, but we've just got to sort, solve that problem. But look, yeah, it's it's not it's not all bad, and I just want everyone to just. Remember, it's not all bad, and we've got a wonderful trip to Porto to look forward to in February. A real opportunity playing against them to get through to the quarterfinal of the Champions League. I mean, that this is what we're in it for. We want those glory days. We want those trips in the Champions League. We want to be competing with the best in Europe. And, and look, we're doing that. Okay, yeah, FA Cup, disappointing. Fine. I tell you what, though, what it does do, it will free up a weekend when we would be playing FA Cup. Uh, and it gives players a little bit more time off to prepare and get ready for what will be the Champions League run and hopefully a run in the title race still. I don't think we're out of the title race, by the way. I know people will probably oh, of course not. Of think course that not. we are, but but there's a long it's way to go. But look, we... <laughs> you know, it, so but it, it should be every season. To expect that Arsenal winning the title is not going to be a struggle is just to have ludicrous expectations because everyone's favourite going into the season is City, who just won the treble. You know, Liverpool are back this season. You know, Liverpool last season were a bit of an anomaly. They didn't have a good season at all. But you look at the past six seasons, Liverpool are always with Man City every single time they're with them. So you can't just assume that they're going to have another poor season. So it's us and Liverpool trying to chase down Man City. And at the moment, Liverpool are having a fantastic campaign. have lost one game, which they shouldn't have lost because of a VAR hilarity. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes down to, you know, where we want to go, there is potential. And I think that's it's that potential. It's the fact that we have shown so much promise and we've shown the potential to rip teams apart. And if we take our chances, win by far bigger score lines. And if we it's just about converting them. And that's that's what you should be excited about, but also are fair to have your concerns about. Um, we're gonna go to part two. And your, uh, and your questions as well for the last 10 minutes or so of the show. I did promise you that I'd show James's uh, Christmas jumper. Um, so uh, 
take a good look. There's the man, the myth, the legend on Sky News. A, you know, the very uh, well-regarded Sky News there. <laughs> was it your choice to do that? It was It was the producers, really. So I, I turned up in that jumper to work. So I turned up, not in the studio, like mm. behind the scenes. It was Christmas Eve, and I, I just wanted to bring a bit of Christmas joy, make people laugh a little bit, put a smile on the face, and that was it. So I'd got changed in my normal suit and um, and the presenter in my first link just kind of said, oh, you turned up in a nice Christmas jumper. And I said, yeah, just trying to put a smile, you know, get festive, all that stuff. Producer was like, oh, you've got to bring it out. So next time I brought the shirt out and this, and then all of a sudden it went from that to the presenter going, well, you, by the time you go, you're going to have to put it on at some point. And that was it. So I had it on under a blazer, did a lick, did my, you know, five, ten minutes presenting and then yeah. took it off and then yeah then the silly headlines from the sun that i stripped in front of my horrified work colleague <laughs> surely that's not <laughs> what reality was surely not oh, i mean it, it has to be real it was in the sun time you know <laughs> indeed indeed right let's tackle some new questions people um mike says uh, who moves the needle more for what we need right now and assuming maybe a 10 million pound difference in their fees amadou anana or Michael Alise? What a question that is. Mm. Wow. God. Oh, wow. I love I love Alise, by the way. I yeah. absolutely love him. I love his nice... Oh, right. he's a great lad as well. Honestly, yeah. Tom. He's a brilliant lad. Lovely. Looks at stuff in a fun way, light-hearted. He'd be great around the training ground. The players would love him. But right now, Anana. Anana, really? I, I think that, yeah, that I, I, I like Anana. I know Arsenal have been a fan of him ever since he came to Everton. I think even before Everton, they were oh, yeah. mon monitoring him. Tall, aggressive, uh, front-footed. Yeah, I like him in that left-sided central, mid central midfield role alongside Declan. I tell you what, that's a, that makes up, that bolsters our midfield. That stops that issue area, problem area in that left-sided centre centre midfield area. And we are light in, in that area, let's be honest. We've, Thomas Party can't keep fit. And, you know, he's got real fitness issues. He's also, what, is he 31 now? Is he he's getting Yeah, 30, 31, yeah. So, you know, we are a little bit light in that area. And then he again, you know, lovely fella, great servant, been there for us. Um, but right now, I've I just like the look of our Onana, but look, don't get me wrong, guys. Like Alise is is unreal, but there was no way. <laughs> By the way, if um if we've been quoted fifty million for Onana, I'm telling you, Alise is not sixty million. Palace will want. How many have got a release clause next summer? Um, <laughs> there, um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot on this. Yeah, have sure a little look. Yeah, there was talk about a release clause before he signed his contract. I was at Palace at yeah. the time he signed his contract. So I spoke to Steve Parrish about it. And um, I, I, I can't remember if he said there was a release clause or not. There might yeah. well be, but Palace... Are, yeah, Palace 60 million euros is what 60 it is. million or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it might be. It might well be a little bit more. I don't know. But I look, at least it's great. But what do you do? Where do you play him? That's my question. So uh, over to you, Tom. My question to you: If Elise, if Arsenal do go for Elise, where does he play? The problem is because Saka, I play him on the right, but you've got Saka there. So, and but the thing is, like, I think we do need another wide player. Like, I think we need another wide player to come in because, as Martinelli's not done it this season, you know, Saka has been off it. And I think has been struggling with a bit of an Achilles problem throughout the campaign. So you could do with someone to legitimately rotate him with and not see such a massive drop. Um, and I think Elise, no matter if if, Louis, if Elise makes the next step up, which is to an Arsenal, a Liverpool, or a, or a Man City, he's going to be in the same scenario because you know City have already got you know you got Foden who can play on the right hand side, of course. Alvarez has played there a little bit as well. I think you have got Liverpool with Salah. I mean, it's the same situation. So and yet you still get Liverpool going and signing Jota, and they still go and sign Diaz and Gakpo. You know, you look at the attackers they've got; it's ridiculous. Elliot can play in the front three as well and has done well. So Nunez, of course, can play in a wide area too if you wanted him to. So I think that Elise would add a lot to our forward options. Neto is the other wide player I really like at Wolves. Um, but again, very expensive. So we'll have to wait and see. Summer's a long way. Right? We've got to get through January first. 
Uh, yeah, it's true. It's a brilliant question. We, we'd never get him, by the way, in January anyway, at least. So, no, of course um, not. But, yeah, brilliant question. And, yeah, it's a difficult one. Difficult one. Mm. Uh, Benji, you're not going to like this one as much. Uh, Benji says, <laughs> everyone says we're playing amazing and we're just lacking the finish. But if anything, that makes me angrier because eventually these performances will dry up and we will not have to capitalise on them. Not have capitalised. Yeah, I get what he's saying. I, I know what he's yeah. saying. He, he's saying that, look, you know, we're playing this way. We're not getting any rewards from it. So what's going to happen is the players are just going to, well, oh, it's not working. It but out. look, it'll fizzle out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, there's times in that first half against Liverpool. I thought that was some of the best football we've played all season. Against Liverpool, top of the Premier League, flying, lost once in the league all season. You know, so I, I wouldn't be too disappointed. I think this winter break's coming at a pretty good time for Arsenal, actually. Some time away, get themselves sorted. Don't panic. That's my, my don't panic, Bench. Don't, don't panic. It's all good. It'll be all right. If you don't sign anyone and you're going to panic then. If we don't sign anyone. Yeah. I'm not, uh, no, I won't panic. I don't, I'm, I'm not certain we will. Jan January, no, I, I don't think I, I've said before. I think Max, we're going to get his one, and it'd probably be yeah, alone. Agreed. Yeah, um, it's, it, January's January's such a tough window, and you know my my colleagues at Sky they they go full on in January. Of course they do. Uh, love the transfers, and and transfers get loads of traction with fans. Yeah. But you know that January window is notoriously difficult. It's getting even harder, I think, than it ever has been. Teams are just going. You know what? We can wait. We can wait four or five months. Uh, it's, it's unless you're getting a player who is, you know, either out of contract in the summer, and maybe a club will accept some money for them, knowing that they're going to go for a free in the summer, or somebody's nearing the end of their contract, maybe just losing faith. Not nothing. A club that's maybe just not really going anywhere. Yeah, it might be an opportunity. Maybe a club can get. 100 million for a player in January and only get 80 million in the summer, then maybe that's an option. But, you know, you know clubs don't like to sell mid-season. They really don't. don't so, so, you know. It's, <laughs> we don't they, either. We're, so, no. we're, we're trying to walk the tightrope of profit and sustainability rules. Um, we're seeing the damage that's doing to Everton and Forest potentially mm -hmm. as well. We'll learn about their fate very soon. Um, Arsenal are... And need to sell, I think, before any hope of any investment this window. And that means one player go. If you were to think the one player was going to go, who would you think it would be? I, could, I, I To give you one, I find maybe tricky. I could probably give you two, though. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think in this window... Out they go. Look, for me, we've got... It's, it's difficult because they're young, they're English. But Eddie and Ketia, Emil Smith Rowe, for me, are not the level that we need to go to the top. And also, what those two players uh, will have is again they'll hold transfer value. They they have transfer value, and for FFP, what makes it more important, pure profit, pure profit, because they're Highland Academy uh, lads. So if we sell, I don't know, 25, 30 million each or whatever, I, I'm throwing it out there. That's profit. 60 million, bang, profit. And that, that puts us in a great place with FFP. So look, um, if that is an opportunity to free up cash for somebody they're desperate to get either in the summer or if they can make it happen in January, then great. Um, for me, it'd be out of those two, I Smith Rowe for me. Uh, I know a lot of fans won't like that. Um, but for me, look, he's he's, not usually, I think, he? he's not playing him. He's not he's not playing, but there's there's probably a reason why. In my opinion, I, I yeah. I've struggled to see consistency. He had a little period, I think it was last season, a little period, didn't he, where he, he played pretty well for a run of games, but that's it. Okay. From my memory of him being an Arsenal player, it's, it's very little consistency. And for me, he's just not at that level. And if if someone wants to pay us a decent transfer that Transfer bid for him. That could be yeah. one. So that would be that would Arsenal be mine. Love it. Like that, whenever he comes on, the crowd it's the loudest noise for any sub you'll hear when Emil Smith Rowe comes on because they love. I know, guy. but yeah, but that, that that's fine, and I under, and I understand that. You know, the, the, you know, I'm not criticizing him, and I understand no, we love our and we and we love our own. Of course, we do. We have a, a, a yeah. different 
uh, affection towards him as we were talking about Ramsdale earlier. But, you know, you've got to look at what he's bringing to the side and is he the one that's going to take us to that level? Can he do that? I just haven't seen it myself where I think, okay, he, he's the one, he's the man. And, and yeah, the crowd go up to get a bit excited. But again, apart from that period last season, I haven't really seen him change a game. No, I think the last time I remember a really good performance of his, and I think you're going back a long way, was that, uh, was it the, um, what was the game? I think I have to go back all the way to like 2022, really, to think about Smith Rowe. That's the Amazon documentary season. Obviously, he started a lot of games, played, scored in the North London Derby in that season. Um, But then Martinelli came through and, you know, reclaimed that spot. And then there's not really a play for him. So... It's, mm. I think if Arsenal can get upwards of £30 million for Emil Smith-Rowe, closer to £40 million maybe, you're looking at a very good deal. Pure profit on the books, of course. Mm. And Ketia, if you offered me £30 million, I'm taking it all day long for Eddie and Ketia. Reese Nelson, um, I spoke to him after the game against Liverpool on Sunday and he said he's focused on Arsenal right now, despite there being a few rumours. You would expect him to say that, of course. Um, but I asked him if he felt like he'd been justified in signing that new deal and he he didn't he didn't commit entirely to saying he felt like he had he kind of just went I've signed it I've been at Arsenal for you know a ridiculous number of years it's my club you know so uh, he needs to he was saying he's again to a minute. you know another like another player that yeah I like, I like him another player who holds value um you know we do you need squad players still uh, do I want to see more from him when he comes on yeah, end product. Again, I feel like he, he gets the ball, something happens, which I like. He adds that excitement. The fans get up on their feet a little bit, but he's just got to just tidy his play up a little bit more. But, you know, these are, these are young English players that, again, I, I know I harp on about the transfer value and people go, probably go, oh, shut up, mate, what are you talking about? But it's for FFP, it's so important. And if we want to reinvest and we want to bring in these big players and spend... Mm. A, you know, close to 100 million again on another player or a striker that we obviously probably do need at some point, then we need to make sure our books are level. And having players like Reese Nelson, Emil Smith Rowe, Eddie and Ketia, who could potentially, between the three of them, bring in 80, 90 million, we're not in a bad spot. Yeah, of course, last summer was a great example of that. 35 million quid, you know, and he's pure profit. So Charlie Patino in the mm-hmm. summer is another one, having a really good season at Swansea. He's got a year left on his deal. That could be some pure profit there as well for Arsenal in the summer. So we'll have to wait and see. James, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, mate, as it always is. Tell people they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, just actually going on holiday. As like the Arsenal boys, I'm doing exactly the same. Have a little right. break away. Um, and then I'm sure towards the end of January with a transfer window comes to a close, it might get a little bit busier. Um, and then gearing up uh, away from Sky, actually gearing up for the summer with the Euros and my events business for the fans, by the way, everybody. Uh, if you do check it out, we've got 10 UK venues now confirmed. So if you want to create that real atmosphere, we have... DJs, legends, games, great, massive screens, brilliant sound system, the best place to watch football if you can't be there. So, um, yeah, have a little look because we're going to do a big launch in the next couple of weeks towards the end of January. Uh, We should be good. It should be fun. So, uh, yeah, as long as England can do well, which I I think they might well do this summer, I've got just a sneaky feeling this could be our our summer. So, um, (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but this year no this year this year we've got Jude we've got Jude we're in good we're in good hands <laughs> mm, indeed yeah Jude in his, in his prime at the prime age of 20 yes that's uh, it's incredible really isn't it <laughs> it's uh, yeah a midfield of what Declan Rice Jude Bellingham and you know I'll tell you what Conor Gallagher is coming up in as an England player that I think is someone to keep an eye on. I think he's done excellent for Chelsea. Um, I know people laugh at me when I say I like Conor Gallagher, but I do I think he's a really good player. Um, so what I, I, I like him. I, I like him too. I like him too. 
Mm, so there you go. It's difficult to say you like a, a Chelsea player. I was really happy when Mason Mount looked like he was leaving Chelsea because I, I quite like Mason Mount. But then he went Man United and it was like, oh, great. <laughs> I hate him even more now. Um, but that's the way it goes, of course. Um, you can find uh, James Green on Twitter at James Green in UK. Uh, make sure you watch all of his stuff. As he mentioned, of course, uh, the platform we're talking about at For The Fans events. Uh, go and check one out. And at the end of January, say, James, yeah, we had to... Really end of January, big launch. Building to yeah June and ten venues up and down the UK, all confirmed. Lovely stuff. Looking forward to seeing it. Uh, we will be back, of course, tomorrow morning at eight AM, bright and early. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new, and uh, you can follow us on the socials. You can see on the screen at the Goon Talk TV at Tom Canton Media. Uh, it's been our absolute pleasure, and uh, we will be back very very shortly. Stay safe, stay well, stay happy, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.